For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It does seem that a lot of things were pushed to the side, rightfully so, when the Panthers were looking for a, a GM and a head coach. Things that we've been debating for years, right? Not, not even like, oh, this season it became a – for years it's been a topic. Brian Burns. It's been at least two years where you're debating, are you going to extend him? Are you going to accept a trade? Are you going to trade him? Are you going to extend him? Are you going to let him walk? How in the world are you going to mismanage this asset? Or, like, like, we've had that debate for two years. When you needed a GM and a coach, everybody just put that to the side and said, all right, I guess we got to wait to see who we're asking those questions to. Well, now you have Dan Morgan as the GM. Now you have Dave Canales as the head coach. The future of Brian Burns and Derek Brown are immediately hot topics. If you, if you peruse any of the places where Panther fans congregate – that's what they're talking about. Some very specific questions. I saw one that was bouncing around on Twitter that said, if you were offered a top five pick for Brian Burns or a top 10 pick for Derek Brown, would you accept either of those? That's very specific. I don't think you're getting a top five pick for Brian Burns. Mm-mm. I don't think you're getting a top 10 pick for Derek Brown. No. Especially not at this point, right? You might have, right before the, you know, unintentionally, uh, gotten one earlier in the season. But once you get this close to the draft, those picks, they get built up in people's brain. It's like, ooh, that could be the superstar, right? It's, it's, it's more difficult to trade for a pick at this time. The future of those two, Brian Burns and Derek Brown, are crucial because you could argue Bryce Young, yes, but it would be a big discount. They are the only pieces of substance that can bring back anything worthwhile in a trade. So... Like you might say, you might say, and I hear this side of the argument. Why in the world would you consider trading Brian Burns or Derek Brown? You tag Brian Burns and you try to extend him and you extend Derek Brown because they're the two best players on that defense and you need them. I hear that. But if you at any point in time say, I wish we had more picks and the offense needs some help. You don't have anything else to spend. Right? You're, you're somebody who like, you're down to the, the the house. That's all you got. You sold everything in it. You sold the cars. You, you, you're working three jobs. If, if you need cash, the only thing left you can do is sell the house. With the house being Brian Burns and Derek Brown. Actually, I'd probably say the house is, is Bryce Young, and you don't want to sell the house. Because you'd, right now, you'd be selling it at a huge loss. ESPN.com ranked the free agents for this upcoming offseason. They did this recently, just in the last couple of days. Uh, Brian Burns was the sixth best free agent. Chris Jones, Kansas City, Josh Allen of Jacksonville, the other Josh Allen, uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Matabuke of, of Baltimore, edge rusher, Christian Wilkins, Miami defensive tackle, and then Brian Burns. He was ahead of names like T. Higgins, wide receiver from Cincy, Daniil Hunter, Minnesota Edge, Jalen Johnson, the best corner on the list from Chicago, Antoine Winfield Jr., and all-pro safety. He was ahead of those ones I just mentioned recently. You aren't letting Brian Burns walk, so you tag him. 
then you have to decide, and I'm going to use this for the second time. Do you, I, I'm actually learning this might be the one trait about Dan Morgan I hope he has the most. Full conviction in his beliefs. You have to decide and be convicted in what you want to do with Brian Burns and Derek Brown. Do not look back. Right? for for, And this could be a lesson, right? Something like trading Christian McCaffrey. Guess what every fan wants to do to the Panthers? Point out how awesome Christian McCaffrey is. Did you see him score two touchdowns again over the weekend? Yeah. Did you see him catch passes? Did you see him pick up blitzes? Did you see him uh, weave his way through the the trash and, and the, the uh, bodies that are around him and be the best running back in the league over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, you traded that away and didn't get a first-round pick. Nope. But guess what? The hard part is for Carolina, it does you no good to sit around and lament like, oh, we had him. We let him go. It does no good. So if you're going to trade Brian Burns, don't catch yourself every Sunday checking on Brian Burns' box box score. Oh, he's got another sack this year. Oh, I traded him away. Once you do it, you have to be all in on your beliefs. And I'm just going to say this. I believe you do have to trade one of them. I believe with the the either Derek Brown or Brian Burns, and I'd kind of go with whichever one brings you back the most. I'd shop them both, whoever you get the biggest offer for, trade that one. And And here's why. There's so much this team needs to get better at. So much this team needs to get better at. Uh, and and I would start with the offensive side because if you don't get Bryce Young some help, you're going to be looking to, to enter into the quarterback carousel again probably after next year or the year after. And, and then by the time you get your next quarterback in and they get used to it, whatever extension you sign Brian Burns and Derek Brown to is going to be due for a re-extension all over again, and you would have wasted all that. You need to get the offense done right, so make sure you're allocating your resources that way. You can't have your two highest-paid players on the team be an edge rusher and a, a interior defensive lineman when the thing you need to improve the most is the offensive side of the ball. And, and, and that is no disrespect to Brian Burns or Derek Brown. If you listen to this show, you know, last offseason, I was very much on the extend Brian Burns. Derek Brown is great. I would love to have either one of them on my team, which is why I'm not picky on which ones gets traded because it's not like I'm way higher on one than the other. They play important positions. They play them well. They're young enough that you don't have to worry about giant cliffs and fall-offs in their career happening. Uh, I think you, you trade whichever one can get the biggest return. I think something you have to keep in mind as well is that obviously you're you're going to approach both of these guys this offseason. Mm-hmm. And if both of them say, I don't want to sign a long-term deal here, like I'm not going to do it. Okay, and Brian Burns say, you can franchise tag me. I'll sign that franchise tag just before week mm-hmm. one, but I'm not going to sign a long-term deal here. If you know that's going to be the case, then make a move. It's like, yep. you know what, if we're not going to have this guy long-term, then why fight it? Why bring him in for one year if we know we're rebuilding when we can get something that can actually have a return on our future? And same thing with Derek Brown. Yep, it's it's an exact it's a great point. And it's what Dan Morgan has to – it might be – Dan Morgan might say we're going to trade the one that brings back the biggest haul or we're going to trade the one who's being least realistic in contract negotiations, which actually might hurt the haul, right? Because before you trade anyone, they're going to talk with the player's agent and the other team's going to say – What's it going to take to get a long-term contract? They're going to say $900 million. They're going to, ah, probably not giving up much for them. But, uh, but I just think this team has so many things they need to fix, meaning the Panthers, that 
you can't be that invested on the defensive line. I would have loved it if it was like, you know, the the two best players that were due for contracts were, you know, a corner and an edge, right? An outside linebacker and a, and a wide receiver. Like if there was something like that, then yeah, but you can't put them right next to each other on the field. You need those resources to spread out significantly further uh, over different position groups. But it's good you at least have two. You could have none to work with. How about that? Hey, you got two premium players at a couple premium spots. You, you might be able to get back in the first round. And then some. Maybe. Maybe. Depending on how high in the first round. So, yeah, it all depends on what you flip it into. Which is the, the flex from Dan Morgan. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement and also make sure you have a successful income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away, no cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600 all right, let's go to ACC basketball. All right. We just talked not too long ago go about right NC down. State. NC State basketball, who plays tonight against Miami. NC State basketball will fall into the bottom six of the ACC and play on Tuesday of the ACC tournament. Copper drop. And I can't watch tonight's game before I decide this. Correct. I'm, I'm going to say, so copping it says they play on Tuesday. Correct. I'm copping. Their last three games have really shaken me. I'm just mm-hmm. going to throw it out there. I, there were things they were doing early in their ACC schedule that I liked, that I think everybody liked. There was always this cloud hanging over the top of, of those likes that said, hey, their net ranking isn't very good. They're second in the ACC standings. They're 10th in ACC net ranking, which go, would argue that their, uh, their schedule was not the toughest schedule in the world. And, and you're like, yeah, but they're, they're doing things I like, right? They're, they're winning ugly. They're winning pretty. They're, they're, they're mixing it up. They're doing a little bit of everything. That'll, that'll play even when the schedule gets tougher, and then the schedule got slightly tougher, and it, and it didn't play. The last three games have really shaken me for NC State men's basketball. So, yeah, I think they're going to be playing on Tuesday. All right, fair enough. Next one. ACC basketball will have at least five teams make the NCAA tournament. Copper drop. At least five. So five is at least five. So if you think five are going to make it, so your the number is four and a half. Uh, Higher or lower? I'm going to cop. I think they get five. Okay. Was that was I right to cop yeah. that? Uh, I'm copying that. I think they get five. Um, for a few reasons. One, I think there's been a lot of chaos nationally, right? So I think there's going to be a lot of bubble teams like in the Mountain West and a lot of mountain bubble teams and some of these other smaller conferences. And if there's a tiebreaker, tie has to go to the ACC in that situation, right? You'd think. Uh, it has to. And if it doesn't, then we'll have a whole show about it. Uh, and I'll scream and lose my voice, and you can do the second half of the show when I, I'm talking like this. Um, so I think there will be – Probably four teams that are like locks after the regular season. And then one team that goes on a run during the ACC tournament that kind of punches their ticket a little bit late. Uh, not to win the tournament, but, you know, a couple, couple of big wins. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking at it through ACC-colored glasses and I'm, and I'm being optimistic here. I think four or five is probably the number, and if you're going to make me choose, I'd go five. 
All right, give me five teams. Oh, goodness. See, I don't I don't know who's going to make the run. You didn't ask this. Oh, and I'm asking you now. Well, to, you're going to have to cut, set it up in a copper drop, okay. team by team. All right. Copper drop, Duke, obviously. Duke, I'm copping. Carolina. It. Copping. Wake Forest. Copping. Clemson. Dropping. Florida State. They're one that, mm. um, I, I think because I said five, I have to cop that. Okay. <laughs> when you go one by one, the five becomes more difficult. I think I have to cop that. Virginia. Um, I'm gonna drop that. I think I know who. You know, I'll just, I'll just tell you. I think, I think I'm gonna give Miami a chance. Okay. I, I think that was my, the next one I was gonna ask. I think I'm gonna give Miami a chance. I mean, we could have, we could have run through them all. Syracuse, no. Boston College dropping. Well, yeah, Pittsburgh dropping. Um. Yeah, I think I think so. What is that? Duke or Carolina? Duke, Florida State, Wake, and Miami. Uh, and and I know Miami hasn't looked good. I just think they still have some decent decent parts in there that can, especially if they get healthy, that can put some things together. So they might need a run in the ACC tournament. But five. And as I did that, I became much more confident in maybe four is the number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, so you start saying no on a few of them, and I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm my gut's not telling me it's four. If you would ask me two weeks ago, I'd probably be like, yeah, five. No, my gut's telling me four now. All right, let's switch over to football. Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson told both Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders he's not taking the head coaching job this offseason. He's going back to Detroit. Wild decision, by the way. Copper drop Dave Canales pulls a Bill Belichick on Thursday and <laughs> resigns and takes the job in Washington. I'm, I'm dropping that. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm dropping that. They'd have to trade for him. It'd be a whole thing. I do think there's a possibility that if Dave Canales hadn't already agreed to the to be the Panthers coach, if it was like, you know, he, he impressed in his second interview and it looks like he's going to be the next coach, um, I think there's a possibility that the, the commanders would have made a call and said, hey, mm-hmm. don't agree on anything until you talk to us and see if they can make that happen. Because I think they want an offensive mind. They have um, a top draft pick, which is almost certainly going to be a quarterback. So they need someone to pick the quarterback and develop the quarterback. And for the same reason I wanted an offensive mind for Carolina, they want an offensive mind in Washington because they don't want it to go well and then lose their coordinator and the defensive-minded head coach has to find a new guy to develop it. Well, they have Eric Bieniemy still there. If I were a betting person, which March 11th I might be, uh, I think Bobby Slowick has to be the guy here. Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator from the Texans. Uh, there's other names out there: the Vrabels, the Belichicks, the the Eric Bieniemy's. I just think if you're looking for that kind of young, hey, we're gonna pair our quarterback with our coach and, and we're gonna let him grow. That's kind of the archetype that everyone is trying to mimic. Then yeah, I think I think you go Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator from from the Texans, if he'll entertain you. I would have said he definitely will twelve hours ago, but now Ben Johnson keeps turning everyone down. So uh, may, maybe there's a new new thing of turning in the NFL, and suddenly coordinators aren't going to be so excited to get their first head coaching job anymore. Well, what about Seattle? Who do Se- they go for? Seattle, I think, is comfortable with the defensive mind. Um, I don't. Would Dan- they go Vrabel? I think Vrabel would be a good pick out there. Um, Dan Quinn is a name I've heard a bunch. I don't think they go there. I, I just think it'd be weird if they do to move on from Pete Carroll and bring in a guy who kind of made his name as the defensive coordinator for Mike Vrabel, or I mean for Pete Carroll. So Vrabel's in play. Um, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator from the Ravens, is in play there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there, uh, uh, Aaron Glenn, maybe from the, the Lions, their defensive coordinator's in play. 
So I, I don't know where they go. But I do, I do think that it's safe. Dave Canales is locked and loaded. He's going to be the head coach of the Panthers next year. All right, next one here. Former Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady, now the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Named the permanent. Named permanent. From the, the substitute to the full-time. Next season, Joe Brady will be a head coach next offseason. Copper drop. Dropping. And and this is why, like, uh, you know, I would have been comfortable if Mike Vrabel did come to the Panthers. I would have been – and he didn't even get, like, the interview. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, on the way to it, and they, they the news that Dave Canales was the guy leaked. Uh, but if Mike Vrabel came to the Panthers, that's why I would have been comfortable with him bringing Arthur Smith as his OC because – when there's such a recent, like, uh-oh on your resume, I think you need more than one year of sustained pretty good as a coordinator to get your, your head coaching opportunity. Uh, Arthur Smith could have come to Carolina, been the offensive coordinator, and put up a whole bunch of Pro Bowl numbers for a whole bunch of different players, and everybody still would have went, yeah, let me see it again before I forget what you did in Atlanta. Uh, and I think that's going to happen with him. He's the offensive coordinator of Pittsburgh now, Arthur Smith. So Joe Brady could have a really good year next year. Josh Allen could limit the turnovers, and everybody's going to go, yeah, but we remembered that whole Matt Rule thing in Carolina. <laughs> so do it again for a year. Uh, and, and if you have another big year, right, and, and you, you prove that it wasn't a fluke, we'll consider you for some, some head coaching jobs. So I don't think it's next year, but maybe the year after if things go really well for Joe Brady. All right, final one here for you in Copper Drop. Stick, sticking with the NFL, we often see – Teams that miss the playoffs or not even, you know, finish last in their division end up even winning their division or making the playoffs the next year. The worst to first. Worst to first. Copper drop. Carolina Panthers go worst to first. I drop. Okay. Uh, for a few reasons. One, I think the Panthers are more than one year away from having whatever Canales and Morgan are putting together mm-hmm. anywhere near in place. Uh, but two, sn- uh, like Tampa – is there. I know you took your their offensive coordinator and their wide receivers coach, but their team is still put together halfway decent. If Baker can build on what Baker did, watch out. I mean, they won the if division. Mike and Evans won, stays. They won the division and won a game. So put a little respect on their yeah. name. Yeah. They went nine and eight. Um watch out for Atlanta. I I like Raheem Morris. If I I've there's little chirpings out there, right? And this is not any insider information, so mm-hmm. don't don't go report so and so said. If Kirk Cousins ends up in Atlanta, oh, watch the heck out. That offense, right, because they got Zach Robinson from the Rams as their offensive coordinator. Uh, if you get a McVay offense, a Raheem Morris defense, and Kirk Cousins kind of running the show for B. John Robinson, uh, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London, who are three very, very good top ten recent pick skill position guys. Just all I'm saying is watch out for Atlanta. Okay. That's all I'm saying is watch out for Atlanta. Um, They have – I'm trying to think of the energy that I'm – it's not quite this much. So I'm not expecting it to be this good. It is a light version, okay? Half the calories, half the taste of when Brady went to Tampa. Which Tampa was not anybody's terrifying. They're actually, you know, we're a mediocre franchise, right? Mm-hmm. But you looked at their roster and you went, "There's kind of a lot of pieces here." Yeah, there's some can, dudes here. If they can get this quarterback right, there's a lot. Of, if they can get this coach right, they have a lot of pieces here that I, I think you'd like. 
And and once things start going in the right direction, watch out because then other guys are going to want to come play here because it's fun. Atlanta, when when the Falcons are good, is a is an energy. There's there's the hot Atlanta thing going on. So uh, so yeah, I think I think watch out for Atlanta. All right. And also like the other side is I don't think the Panthers are going to be ready to compete next year. They won two games this year. Yeah, I know. You can win seven. That's a massive upgrade. That's a huge jump. Still nowhere near competing for a division. Might be coach of the year worthy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's big. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take. But also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.